Okay, we're back at Hawaii Real with Dr. Jody. Hey. We were making fun of uh, the J and the O and the big D, but we're not going to do that, right? Yes. Just Dr. Jody. <laughs> well, I'm little. You're little, okay. And that might be inappropriate. <laughs> but that's a whatever. And she really is silly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jody. Yes. Um, gastrointestinal and having to do with keto. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And diet and getting people off medication. Yes. And fixing their diets. Yes. Basically is what your what your brand is about, right? Yeah. Okay. So how did you get started with that? First of all, what's the name of it? And um, yeah, tell us about that. Well, our practice is Hawaii Gastro Health and the Keto Prescription. It really is uh, the joint project of myself and Dr. Russell Yang. He's the GI physician, and I'm the PharmD and the keto certified healthcare provider. And so what we do is patients come in with all of their GI conditions, heartburn, acid reflux, you name it, gas, gas. Why do I point at you when I say gas? Why are you looking at... (laughs) Because men are gassy. Okay, all right. (laughs) Bloating, you name it, right? And uh, he will prescribe keto as their treatment. And so it's basically food as medicine. Mm -hmm. Instead of adding on a bunch of prescriptions, we use food as medicine, make it super easy, and we work to get you off of your prescription slowly and safely so that your primary care doctor doesn't freak out and and get all upset. But it all starts, you are what you eat. Mm. A thousand percent, you are what you eat. People don't realize that. Yeah, and one of our mutual friends like was telling me he just got on keto um, maybe about a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. But he's just lost like a lot of weight. Yes, he has. But so he's like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, just just change my diet. Yeah. He's like, are you running? Because you look like you're running a lot. He's like, nope, not really. Like, cool. Well, I'm glad you say that because that's a common mis- misperception, misconception. Yeah. Is that you can exercise away your bad diet, but you can't. No. Once the food gets into your body, it's going to have its negative effects no matter what exercise you do. So French fries, I can't like do sit-ups and get rid of French fries. You can't. You can't get rid of what the French fries already did to your body. Please, (laughs) please, please. You can burn calories, but you can't undo the damage. Yeah. Mm. And gym people don't want to hear that. Gym person. But it's true. Gym owners don't want to hear that. But it's true. What kind of things are the gym people consuming that um, you guys would say stop consuming? Protein shakes, protein bars. Really? Anything packaged, processed is typically full of preservatives and chemicals Mm -hmm. that are actually really bad for your health, cause insulin resistance, cause inflammation, all of these things. And none of them that I know are nutritionists or have any degree in medicine. Mm but they push these supplements onto their people with the mentality of work hard, work hard, work hard. What happens in the long run is actually more damage occurs to your body over the long term. So if there is a way that you know we could partner or collaborate more so that they would move away from powdered, packaged, processed foods and bars, shakes, that type of thing, drinks, and into more food you buy in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And then varying workouts so they're not so hard on your joints. 
mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, because that's a big problem too. That's a huge problem. That's what I love about surfing. It's like, what's bad on your body about surfing? Mm-hmm. I can't name anything. Maybe rotator cuff if you're like yeah. hogging all the waves uh, and was, paddling too much. I was going to say like chemicals <laughs> in the water. Or oh, yeah. Sunblock. Lepto. Sporosis. Sunlight. Too much Poop, sunlight. E. coli. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Big waves, like that could end your life real quick too. Totally. <laughs> know your limits. Yeah. Yeah. Don't... Sharks. 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 <laughs> no, but I feel like the South Shore sharks are very people friendly. When was the last time you heard about a shark bite on the South Shore? I'm totally knocking on wood right now. Did I just jinx <laughs> all of us? I don't know. Darn. But yeah, I know what you're talking about though. Shark attack, not that, like, no. bigger priority. Mm-mm. Not here anyways. Mm-mm. Australia, maybe. I don't know. But anyways, that's <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> totally diverted off yeah. topic. <laughs> talking about what we should eat, now we're talking about what sharks are eating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sharks can do keto, too. They do, right? They do. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they avoid humans, because we're not really keto. Well, we're just nasty... Yeah, there's all kinds of fat balls of fat and sugar. Processed and foods. Chemicals. Yeah. yeah. So they bite us and they're like, ugh. <laughs> but by then it's too late, gross. right? They took your leg off. Right. Or your arm off. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Okay. So um, protein shakes and stuff like that. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't even thinking about this, but um, looking at bodybuilders these days, um, a lot of them have like, like this big gut. Yes. And even though they have like tons of muscles all over their body, um, yes. they're not the picturesque Arnold Schwarzenegger figure from the 80s, you know, where it's like he had this really great V, you know, wide shoulders, really tiny waist. And um, watching one of Arnold's documentaries, you get to find out that he wasn't a big eater. Like he would have like a steak and some broccoli, some vegetables here and there, but like he would eat like one meal a day kind of thing. Yeah. And he would have like one protein shake or two protein shakes. And I don't know if the protein shakes back then in the 80s were different. Yes. But um, my guess is they were. Right. They're probably more natural. Yep. You know, um, than they are now with all the add- additives and whatnot. But like you look at bodybuilders today, mm-hmm. they're yoked. They're huge. They're massive people. Yep. But they have like these huge guts. And it's like, if you watch that, it's like, it, that kind of looks disgusting. Like, why do you have like this huge beer belly looking thing with all these muscles? And they have muscles on their belly. It's, it's kind of weird to look at. Can I tell you a story? Go. <clears throat> so I don't know if you've heard of Octavia. Mm-mm. So there are actually doctors that push this. There's a lot of people that's doing these um, packaged meals, shakes, and drinks. It's called Octavia. Okay. O-P-T-A-V-I-A. Google it. And uh, one of my patients recently, she's like, you're going to be really mad at me, but my hula sisters, they're all doing this. They told me I got to do this. And I was like, and how much are you spending on this a month? That's the other problem. Cost. Mm -hmm. We spend ridiculous amounts of money on a quick fix Mm -hmm. when we don't need to. So what I did was I, I finally went on their website. I've known about these products for Ever. I don't endorse them. I don't advise them. I think it's a bad idea. And I found six different artificial sweeteners in most of their products. What people don't understand is that there are 122 names for sugar in our food industry. Mm. 
only about seven of them are what I would consider safe, meaning the other 115, when you consume it, as soon as it gets into your body, it acts just like sugar, but some of them are actually worse. And what they do is they spike your insulin levels. Every time you spike your insulin, it tells your body to store fat. And that's what's happening with these guys. They're consuming these artificial sweeteners in their shakes and their products, their bars. They don't know the names of it. And it's signaling their body to store fat. Mm. But the bigger problem is these things contribute down the road to things like cancer, right? Alzheimer's disease, you name it. It's crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, what I try to do is I try to shed more light on this topic too through the videos and the posts I do on social media is like you have all these people that do keto and they're talking about net carbs. My people don't do net carbs. We do total carbs because what's the difference in that? There's fake fiber out there, right? You know, like it's when you have all of these people, I lost 40 pounds so now I'm an expert on keto and I'm going to post about it all day long, but you haven't taken the courses. You haven't gone through medical school. You've never done patient care. You don't know what to look for. The science on this is constantly evolving and you have to keep up. And so it's just net carbs is total carbs minus fiber. Now, if you're eating a vegetable, great, that's natural fiber. But in a lot of these products, keto cookies, keto bars, keto shakes, the fiber they're using, you actually can't subtract that. And it actually causes weight gain. Oh. Yeah. So I, I try to ex expose without getting sued all of mm -hmm. these what I call fake products because it's everyone's trying to take advantage of this industry right now. They think it's a fad, but it's not. It's not going to go away. This is the medical solution for many people. Many people. As far as the medical solution, um, is medical science, I guess, mainstream medical science grabbing a hold of this? Mm -hmm. Or are you guys on the outside trying to break in? We're definitely, uh, Dr. Yang and I are definitely on the leading edge of, of this movement. But the National Institute of Health is currently conducting 50 studies on the use of keto in all of these different disease states. So to the common person, that might not mean much. But to the medical community, that's huge. That's significant. That means they're paying attention and they've seen the proof and they're like, oh, dang, we better look into this because they're supposed to be the authority mm -hmm. on health in the U.S. Um, NASA puts their astronauts on keto. Really? To prevent seizures when they re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. And the Navy SEALs put, the Navy puts the SEALs on keto to prevent seizures when they're emerging from a deep dive. People don't realize how does it, how does it prevent um, seizures for, for divers? Because when you have ketones as the energy source for your brain, instead of sugar, that in itself is what prevents the seizure. So keto has been used for epilepsy in children since the 1920s. It is the most effective anti seizure quote unquote medicine out there just by tweaking your diet. Wow. No pill necessary. But it was the invention of pills for seizures mm -hmm. that made keto kind of go away. It's easier to pop a pill than fix what you eat, right? Right. That's People our just mentality. Want, they would rather have a pill they to solve easy. all of their issues. That's right. Easy, fast.
it's like, no, you, you are what you eat. Like you just said. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that about the Navy SEALs. Yeah. I would expect, or I, I would think that they're kind of on that kind of healthful diet because they want to be peak performance. Right. So what is, um, the performance, um, benefits of being on a keto diet? Yeah. Are there any? Definitely. I mean, look at like marathon runners and triathletes, right? Mm -hmm. um, historically, you carb load. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, fat has more energy per kcal or more kcals per gram of energy than carbs do. Meaning, they should be fat loading before an event, not carb loading. How do you fat load? Oh, that sounds really good. Right? Pork but, rinds? Okay. Uh, no. Stop. Okay. All these people eating pork rinds every day on keto, it's like, don't do that. <laughs> uh, your doctor's going to be mad. Avocado. Boo. Eat a bunch of meat and vegetables and pour extra virgin olive oil all over it. Macadamia nuts. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good too. I mean, these are some examples of healthy fat. Mm -hmm. For some people, it might be um, dairy, white cheese, cream cheese, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Just working all of that into your meals before your event. And what's interesting is more and more athletes are doing keto. Uh, you know, you actually have entire football teams that do keto. Really? You just don't know it. You guys just don't know it. Can you name any? I can't. Okay. But, um. Are we talking about professional level or college level no, or high school? All. All, all levels? All levels. Yeah. And ketones, concussions. Mm -hmm. So, so your body has two fuel sources, sugar or ketones. Right. So right now, to use you as an example, you use sugar as your fuel source. Mm -hmm. I do keto, so I use ketones as my fuel source. Okay. Ketones are the best treatment for concussions and CTE. How? Like, how does it make the connection to your brain? Okay. When you run on sugar as your fuel source, what mm -hmm. happens is these plaques grow on the outside of all of your, your brain cells, your, your neurons, mm. and it blocks fuel and energy from getting it. It's almost like a wall. This is kind of the underlying, it's the root of things like Alzheimer's disease, dementia, cognitive decline. Well, when your brain is injured from a concussion, you've got to get energy in to help with the healing process. Mm -hmm. Ketones can get in no matter what. And they are anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. Concussions is inflammation and damage to the brain. Right. So they help with all of these it keto is almost too simple and it makes so much sense that most doctors can't wrap their head around it isn't that shameful though it, it it's too it's too common sense mm -hmm. it's just too easy so the acceptance rate is slowly creeping up but I, i'm telling you you watch it this is going to become the mainstay of medical treatment maybe not in our lifetime but it's starting so yeah I mean, all soccer players, football players, they should all be doing this, in my opinion. Is there any age to start that um, necessarily? So we're born in ketosis as babies. Mm -hmm. We're kicked out of ketosis when we switch to infant formula, which is 40% sugar, mm -hmm. by the way. And then we're out of ketosis until we come across the keto diet and we start doing this again correctly. Um, no. 
everybody should be doing keto. My kids are half keto. That, that was the best I could do with them, half keto. But it's better than how you and I grew up. Yeah. Ho-hos, ding-dongs, bubblicious, icy. What else is there? Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Gatorade. Yeah. So. French it, fries. This is what everybody should be doing for optimal health. And it's as simple as slightly changing your diet. And I'm not kidding. It's slight. <laughs> it's not hard. All right. So off camera, you were talking about um, how you're getting into 7-Eleven and being um, mm -hmm. kind of a spokesperson for keto in all these small shops mm -hmm. who are serving food. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, I walked into 7-Eleven one day because I was rushing. I mean, it's like the perfect pit stop when you're in a rush. And I couldn't find anything to eat. I didn't feel like eating hard-boiled eggs, and I didn't feel like eating their little mini salami and cheese pack, which was basically the only two things, and pork rinds. And I got really upset, so I walked out. And he just so happened to be talking to a friend about this who knew this president of 7-Eleven Hawaii and told him, hey, my friend, she does this, she walked in, this was her experience. And I think that really bothered the mm -hmm. president of 7-Eleven Hawaii, and so we met. And I basically pitched this idea to them of, would you be open to piloting like a small keto section in some of your stores? I know a lot of blue collar workers, for example, that are interested or who need to do keto because their health is so poor. These are your plate lunch guys, right? You're mm -hmm. not even Bud Light. It's your Heineken, your Budweiser guys after work, right? And so... I said, you know, more and more of these people are becoming our patients and I would love for them to have an option. They only get a 30 minute lunch break. So it, we went through the whole process and it's going to be cool because it's going to be a much bigger section. Mm. And instead of piloting it in a few stores, it's going to be all their stores. And so it'll across be the state. across the state of Hawaii and we're hoping 50 plus items um, approved by the keto prescription, which mm -hmm. is my clinic. And people know, they look for the signage, they know they can just go there and everything there has been vetted out and that's what they grab, go and, and get, including hot food, cold food, snacks, drinks, etc. So it's going to be really cool. I mean, it already got some national attention, but um, what we're hoping is this grows globally because the keto thing is happening. You're going to get rid of manapuas and stuff, aren't you? No, <laughs> but don't eat that. No, we're, we're going to work very creatively mm -hmm. with their food developing company to come up with things that everyone will like. Because a lot of students go to 7-Eleven like right after school. Mm -hmm. You know, they're smart. They've got one by every school, right? There's sure. that one by Punahou and Marinol. Yeah. All the kids walk there after school. So I, I, that's the kind of thing that I think about, okay, what would those kids like? And that's what we're going to try to put in the stores too. Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, you were also talking about, um, what was that other thing you had posted? Metformin. Metformin. Tainted generic it's too big of a word for me to remember. I know. It's okay. Okay. Not a doctor. <laughs> you are. No, but that's a number one prescribed drug for diabetes. And this is the fourth, this is the fourth generic drug in 12 months found to be tainted with NDMA, which is a carcinogen. It causes cancer. Okay. 
the levels that they found in the labs that independently tested it are above what the World Health Organization considers as acceptable. This is a problem because you've got kids with diabetes that are taking this. Kids, mm -hmm. because of how they eat, okay? Um, women that are trying to conceive, a lot of them have a condition. Fertility is huge nowadays. That's also because of sugar, low T, sugar, um, that are put on this medication. Pregnant women are put on this medication. Adults with diabetes. People are taking it because they have a belief that it helps their body use glucose better for working out and gaining muscle and sports and this mm -hmm. type of thing. It's a massive demographic. So 80 million prescriptions for this were written in 2019, the generic version. 80 million. 80 million. Just in the U.S.? Just in the U.S. in one year, only to find that it's got this cancer-causing ingredient in it because the ingredients and raw materials are being sourced from third world countries, wherever they can get it to save money mm -hmm. in production. This is my thinking. This was a random discovery. Some random guy, possibly a whistleblower, brought it to a lab, a testing lab, and said, can you test my medication for NDMA? Because last year, Losartan and Valsartan, two very commonly prescribed medications for blood pressure, mm -hmm. they found the same thing. Oh, wow. If this random individual did not take his metformin to a lab to be tested, we would have never known. Okay? This could be a global issue. So you're taking your diabetes meds, but the diabetes meds is giving you cancer and you don't know it. And now you're feeding into the whole cancer um, industry. I mean... Oh, so is that why? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like they'll never come for a cure for cancer because there's billions of dollars in cancer research. But what is the FDA going to do? Mm -hmm. Do they have, do these companies have the time, the resources, and the money to test every single batch before it comes to market to meet the demand? What is it, the FDA right now, this is a huge can of worms because I guarantee you it's not just metformin. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you this is every single generic drug, over-the-counter, allergy medication, vitamin, supplement on the market has NDMA in it because they're all sourcing from the same places. So this is a giant deal. What is the FDA going to do? You know what? So you as a consumer, don't sit around and wait for the FDA to do something. Get off your meds, reverse your diabetes in clinic. We don't just manage your diabetes. We literally reverse your, I mean, I post befores and afters all the time on my social media. A1C 11.1, a year later, A1C 5.3. This dude had full-blown diabetes, mm -hmm. and just with keto, he no longer has it. That's how people have to start thinking. Don't leave your health in the hands of medications and your doc, because everything starts with the food you put in your mouth. And you can't trust the medications that you're taking nowadays. Mm -hmm. This is the way the world is heading. So you've got to do what you can now. Right. Because where is the industry if the answer is just change your diet? Like where's the, where, where does the medical industry stand to gain from that? If, oh, if you just eat correctly, you'll be healthy. You don't need us. So that's a double-edged sword. 
on one hand, our healthcare system is in shambles because the cost of healthcare is so high. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, big pharma, and I've got friends in big pharma, so this is not anything personal against them. They don't want you to be healthy. Right. Because you, if you're healthy, you're not you don't You're not taking them. your meds. Mm-hmm. Right. So healthcare is a business. At the end of the day, it's a business. So here, Io, have the beer. Have the french fries. Yay. Have the packaged processed foods. We want you to eat this. We're mm-hmm. going to make it colorful and attractive so that you have to take medication. So if you don't think this is a giant money ring, mm-hmm. you're wrong. Sure. It's almost plain as day when you stop to think about it. It's total common sense. Yeah. Now, you mentioned allergies. Um, is there a, a link between allergy or people that have allergies and their diet? Or is that something that <sighs> is just different? Because, you know, it could be stuff that you're breathing into, right? Yeah. So I think for most people, the allergic response is environmental exposure. So, v- Let's use VOG as an Mm -hmm. example, because that's very Hawaii-focused, right? So when the volcano started erupting again, and then Kona winds, the VOG starts traveling up the island chain, we were exposed to it a couple times. Mm -hmm. But what you're seeing now is every time this happens, people are having fatigue, headaches, runny nose, sneezing. It kicked my butt. It kicks my butt too, because your body is now launching an allergic response to this toxin Mm -hmm. because it's toxic fumes right right and that's really what allergies are so it's more environmental food allergies i can't really speak towards i don't know a lot about that it seems to be kind of a genetic component Mm -hmm. but you just you just never know everyone's different yeah we're talking off cameras like i'm allergic to kale and i hate kale i kind of hate it too kick it to the curb what do you think about people that are like hell-bent on having kale Okay. You're like, no. No, this is such an interesting topic because the human body, we have a very long, small intestine and a very short, large intestine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just take that at face value. Vegetables, fruits and vegetables primarily are digested in the large intestine. Mm-hmm. We are not anatomically designed as a species to digest plants salads salads fruits versus an ape a gorilla their large intestine is long like ours and their small intestine is short because they live off of plants and bananas right 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 so they are they are anatomically designed to eat that way we are not right because you don't really hear too much about um apes is that the right terminology? They don't eat meat. They don't eat meat. No. They're not anatomically they designed. They could definitely to... hunt and kill little small game, but they don't. So that's why, right? Like uh, grains, mm-hmm. corn, you and I were talking about that, wheat, veggies. You know, kale was not a natural plant that showed up on planet Earth. That's like a genetically engineered plant. Right. And I think that's why a lot of people don't do well with it. They can't digest it because it's actually an alien foreign body to us. So uh, not judging anyone that eats a lot of kale, but if you're having a lot of gas, bloating, 
um, digestive issues, it could be your kale. Hmm. Yeah. We had a lady in clinic. She was trying to figure out why she's having all these issues. So, you know, I do an extensive what I call food history when mm -hmm. you come to see us. I find out exactly what you're eating. Mm -hmm. And she was eating four bunches of kale like a week. Gross. And I told her, okay, let's just try cutting that in half and see what happens. Come back in four weeks and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's an example. So you talked about um, human biology and our stomachs and stuff like that, mm -hmm. our digestive system. Um, so would you say we're meant to eat more of a meat diet, mm -hmm. grain diet, vegetable diet? Mm -hmm. Where do you put us in that? Cause I do have a lot of friends that are vegetarians that some do well, some don't. Right. So this is a sensitive topic for a lot of people. So I just want to say, but it's real, but it's real. I don't subscribe to any one camp and I don't shame any one camp. Okay. Camp. Um, because a lot of vegans are that way because they are uncomfortable with the way animals are treated. Sure. Dude. I love that. I hate the way they're treated too. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you go back to the hunter gatherer days, what was available back then? I guess it depends where you are, but like bison, Animals. Animals, yeah. Right. Pigs. So the evolution of man, right, was based on meat. Mm -hmm. As our digestive systems evolved over time, that was based on meat. And so um, I don't think we're meant, truthfully, to be vegetarians and vegans but I respect people's choices. Um, what ends up happening though with a lot of vegetarians and vegans is they consume a lot more sugar than they realize. Fruit turns into sugar. But they lose all this weight. Mm, Some. Just because you're skinny mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're healthy. There it is. Skinny people get cancer too. Mm -hmm. One of the skinniest people I know has one of the worst cases of Alzheimer's I've ever seen. Okay, so fruit, beans, Grains, quinoa, rice, potatoes, bread, pasta, all of these things turn into sugar in your body. And that's primarily what they eat. Mm -hmm. Even different nuts and seeds, almonds have way more sugar than macadamia nuts. Dude, I used to pound almonds. Oh, I'm so healthy. I used to eat baby carrots with hummus. That was my snack. Mm -hmm. I'm so healthy. I didn't know three years ago, all of those things turn into sugar in your body. Root vegetables, carrots, potatoes, taro, all have way more sugar than vegetables that grow above the ground. So just knowing that, you can now tweak your diet to a healthier lifestyle. Hmm. Yep. So that's what I was telling you, you gotta cut back on your fries, cause that's potatoes. She's gonna kill me. <laughs> you just stop eating French fries. Fine. <laughs> stop eating French fries. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't drink a whole lot of beer mm -hmm. uh, consistently. Like, you're talking about guys that drink like nine beers and they go out. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm drinking oh, like yeah. one or two beers. If you're putting back like a cold pack or a six pack four or five nights a week, right? Yeah. That's what do you think a beer belly is? Yeah, definitely. I'm just, no. 
I mean, I could have one or two a week. I think that's kind of where I'm at. Right. Well, let's talk about beer bellies. It's called a beer belly. It's not because you've got beer in that nine-month pregnant belly of yours. <laughs> it's fat. Right. Because the sugar that the beer turned into in your body told your body to store fat. And so these are the things people need to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever want to get a beer belly. So every time I see you, Eo, if I'm looking at your waistline, just don't take it personally. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> waist circumference. <laughs> okay, fine. You know, I'm a short person, so like my waist is kind of stocky, naturally. I'm that's, shorter that's than my, you, so stop. That's my excuse. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the meats and everything are fairly good. So that's like the basis of keto diet? Keto is low-carb, mm -hmm. moderate protein and high healthy fat. So it's not like Atkins. So healthy fat is more the nuts. Olive oil, macadamia nuts, uh, real butter, not margarine. These are just some examples. But let's let's go back to meat real quick. So a lot of people do keto wrong. They pound a ton of bacon, steak, pork belly, pork rinds. All that's not keto, okay? Unless you're getting all this grass-fed and grass-finished beef, mm -hmm. you're consuming the fat of animals that were raised in highly stressful conditions, and you're basically eating all of their stress hormone. Oh. Okay. So that's gross when you think about it. Yeah. And that has an effect on your own health and your own inflammation. Cortisol, that's a stress hormone. You know, you see these videos, packed factories, horrible living conditions these are the animals that we're consuming so that's why vegans and vegetarians i i don't get mad at them mm -hmm. i get it man i hate that animals are treated like this so basically just have a good diet or come see you guys if you're having any medical problem any medical problem kind head of thing? to toe right or if you just want to lose weight and you want to know how easy sustainable that's what we do without like busting your ass at the gym Without busting your butt at the gym, without taking a bunch of diet pills, supplements, injections. A lot of these doctors in Hawaii put you on a concoction of medications that they're saying are diet pills and they help you lose weight. Or they inject you with a bunch of stuff. But there's risks with that. There's cost to you out of pocket as a patient every time. These approaches are band-aids. They're not a solution and they're not sustainable. And that, that's kind of my whole platform is why do we practice healthcare that makes absolutely no sense at all? At what point in time did we become this stupid and ignorant? When it made money. As healthcare providers. I think when it started to make a whole ton of money. Yeah. And that's the thing is if you can find a doctor that is not hell-bent on making a million dollars a year but is happy with 175000 Stay with that doctor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they're few and far between. When you get in this rhythm of you make so much money, you get addicted to that. You can't go below. God forbid I made $980,000 this year, not a million. Do you see what I mean? It's mm -hmm. almost like this sickness. And it's just this battle between insurance companies and providers. You know, all of this happens behind the scenes, but that's our healthcare system today. That's... That's what's going on. 
So we just we're just trying to bring light to a lot of the BS that affects you guys. Cause it's not necessary. So no donuts. No donuts. You know, I've actually seen uh, a change in um, dietary habits of a lot of people where in the past you bring a box of pastries or a box of donuts or something. Everybody grabs. Malasadas. Or malasadas, yeah. Now you bring a box and like you'll get a bunch of people to pass. They just like, you know, you hand it to them. They're like, no, no, thank you. I can't have it. Awesome. There's a lot more of that. Whereas I think in the past it was like everybody would be grabbing. Yep. There's a lot more awareness. And right. I mean, I, I thank social media for that. Good and bad, right? On social mm -hmm. media. You know, I were talking about that earlier. Um, that's great. Because it, it is that simple. I'm not saying you can't ever have a malasada. I'm saying don't eat six in one sitting. Maybe split it with your buddy sitting next to you. Maybe I put a whole carnival. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ugh. I think I had six. <laughs> in one day? Yeah. But it wasn't consistent, right? It's just like that one weekend. Yeah. And, you know, we are a culture that kind of revolves around food. Love it. There are a lot of cultures that revolve around food. Mm -hmm. So how do you work with that? What do you do? You know, right. that's kind of the art of medicine is just working with each culture, each patient, you know, in Filipinos, they have parties every weekend. I mean, I love them. They are like the most social culture in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. They're so tight knit as families and groups. So we work with them. Okay. At the party. Can't eat the pancit. Maybe only eat half the lumpia because the lumpia wrapper is carbs. Mm. Eat the adobo, right? Eat the pinakbet, whatever. And and so it's just working with them on what they can choose and what they can't. Oh, balo would probably be keto. That's keto. <laughs> Go do that, guys. <laughs> I've never tried it, but yes, it's keto. <laughs> you got to crunch on the beak, apparently. Oh, no. I hear the soup part's good. Okay. No, yeah. I'd, I'd love to try some, the soup. <laughs> Not the bullet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keto. Hawaiian food. Kalua pig, mm -hmm. lao lao, mm -hmm. lomi salmon, keto. What about the poi? Not. Less than a cup. You can have less than a cup. But the rice, the mac salad, the halpia, mm -hmm. try to stay away from that. Yeah, that's tr traditionally not... Part of the Hawaiian diet, right? Exactly. The Hopia is not. Okay, we had coconuts. Did, yeah, I guess we must have. Um, but we didn't, have, we definitely, Hawaiians definitely didn't have rice. No. But they had sweet potatoes and they had taro. So you can, like I said, you can eat that, but mm -hmm. you've got to watch your portions. Keto is not no carb, it's low carb. Right. Yeah. And traditionally, like even in ancient Hawaii, um, there were people that were overweight. They ate a lot of fish though, right? And fish is great. Eat fish. Don't take fish oil capsules. Just eat fish. Fish sticks? No. Mm. <laughs> the breading. Shooting. And down. what fish is that anyway in that fish stick exactly? Oh, it's it's um it's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is it fish. again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, see? So these are the as a consumer, you've got to start asking these questions. Fine, fine. You made your point. Is it okay. oil tilapia? Farm raised tilapia? <laughs> I mean, is that the same thing? What are we eating? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's one of the big things, right, in this day and age is we don't really know what we're eating. No. Like we go to the, a restaurant and order the food or fast food or whatever. You don't really know what's in there. No. 
And that's that's one of the things I kind of specialize in is ingredients mm -hmm. in food products. I mean, throughout the day, people send me pictures of ingredients off of something. Can I eat this? Mm -hmm. um, because there's just so much bad stuff in food. Um, what about your immune system with um, the diet, the keto diet? Does oh. it have any effect? Because we have this whole, you know, the coronavirus and the flu virus and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, let's talk about this. Go. You got a few minutes. Okay. Keto and intermittent fasting mm -hmm. is the best thing for your immune system. I do that. Yay. Yay. Okay. Well, so at a very fundamental level, right? Every time you eat sugar, your immune cells go after the sugar. It's like a di it diverts your immune system's attention. Okay. So let's say you've got coronavirus and sugar. Your immune system is going to go after the sugar first, mm -hmm. not the coronavirus. That is the simplest way that I can explain it in a factual way. So the less sugar you eat, the stronger your immune system. The longer you do your intermittent fasting, just by giving your intestines a break from digesting food, that massively boosts the strength of your immune system. Yeah, a few weeks ago, um, my kids got the flu. It was regular flu, um, but it was, you know, was it type A, type mm -hmm. 1? I don't know, I forget. A, uh-huh. But, yeah, they had the flu, and um, I didn't want to catch it, so I stopped eating. Perfect. And I've been doing intermittent fasting for the past, like, two years, Good. I think. Um, every Monday, for me, is at least a 28-hour fast. Great. Um so when they were sick and we were home watching them, taking care of them, um, yeah, we I wasn't eating at all. Yep. I was just water, coffee, black coffee. Yep. And lo and behold, yeah, I, I didn't get sick. I felt some of the days I felt like I was going to get I was going to get sick. I was like, oh, I'm thinking we're gonna have to call them to work tomorrow. Yep. But it turned out I didn't I didn't get sick at all. So you didn't get the man flu. That's a thing. It's a real thing. It's the man cold. <laughs> It is a thing. Yeah. There were studies that they had that showed oh. that uh, when men get sick, it actually kicks them harder than it does females. And it's because females are uh, biologically designed to, you know, take care of children, rear the children and everything like that. Wait, so are we superior? To the viruses, probably, <laughs> I guess. I just, I'm surprised there wasn't crickets. Yeah. No, but there was a thing. There were there was um, yeah there was scientific studies done that did show that men were like way more affected by um, the, the same the cold and same everything. viruses and bacteria. Yeah. Yes. Because it has to be because it wouldn't be a thing like the man flu or the man cold wouldn't be a thing if there wasn't there wasn't some truth to that. Oh my god, I love that we're talking about man flu on this. Yeah. But you're right because because it happens all over the world, right? It happens all it's like, over. How the can world. men all over the world just be pussies, right? And it's like it, no. It's a thing. It actually affects them right. biologically more seriously. Well, but you're right. I mean, here's here's your guys' health tip for the for the audience is if you get sick, if you have surgery, if you get admitted to the hospital, stop eating. Let your body use the energy to heal you rather than spend it on digesting food. It's it's very simple. It's, it's, I guess a good analogy for men is like, this is like giving your body a oil change. 
right? You're draining out the oil, yep. all that gunk and stuff that's coming out, mm-hmm. and you're going to put really good oil back into it. Yep. But with a human body, you got to give time. You can't just drain us. No. Yeah. That'd be a cool thing if you could do, though. <laughs> Can you doctor that up somehow? I... Like, just plug us in and drain us? Drain, be... drain, like, all the gunk out of our digestive system? I feel like that would be so stink and gross. It's already stinking gross. Like, why is it that... You and I can eat the same exact thing in the same quantity, but you're going to poop three times as much as I do. I don't know. What do you do with it? But why is that? I don't know. I haven't been able to figure that out yet. Why do men poop so much? We eat the same thing. But do we eat the same quantity? And the same quantity. If a guy's pooping three times in a day, something's up. Okay, let's say twice. Whatever it is, you pooped. Twice as much as I did with the same food and the same quantity of food. We should ask a gastrointestinal doctor that. Let's have him on. Yeah, Russell. I'm so scared what he's going to say, but it's going to be good. Yeah, I guess that is interesting. Because you kind you of see like some women like tanking food and it's like, where do you put it all? Yeah. So it's different. Mm. Okay. Maybe it goes back to the man flu. We're just designed differently. You're more uh, efficient at digesting your food, I guess. I don't know. It's not that you guys are full of shit. Well, that too. <laughs> joking. Hey, your eyes Sorry. are brown too. Sorry. <laughs> Just joking. Kind of. A little bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> where were we? Anyways. Immune system. Right. An allergy, change oil. Yeah, I mean, you do need to give your digestive system a break. Um, so for me, when I do my intermittent fasting, because I, I play hockey on Monday nights, and I fast from Sunday. I'll, I'll eat like Sunday evening, okay. and then I'll play hockey Monday evening. And wow. I won't eat anything until I'm done playing hockey. And you still have the same amount of energy. More energy. Exactly. Far more energy. And I'm lighter weight on my feet. I feel lighter, whether my actual weight is plus or minus, I don't know because I don't weigh myself like that, but um, I definitely have more energy. Yeah. So did this, did incorporating this into your life make you realize how much you used to overeat? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And as a younger, as a younger man, yeah, I could eat a lot. Yeah. You know, sometimes before hockey, I wanted to eat Mm -hmm. so that I would have quote unquote fuel. Right. And now I turn back and I look at it. It's like, no, I have the fuel on my body already. Exactly. From the week of or however many days of eating. It's already on me. I can eat. You know, I can I can not eat. Yep. To so, go. so you're in ketosis on mm-hmm. those days. But then you have your french fries and you kick yourself out. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a terrible cycle I'm in, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I don't have french fries all the time. Just, I know. I I'm just, I'm just, we're just, we're using this for educational purposes. Right. But a beer after hockey, oh my God, that's good. Why is that? I mean, it's almost like a beer after surfing. Right. It, I don't know. It just, I think because like your blood's flowing and and your pores are open and your body's just receiving all this oxygen and then it everything is enhanced. All your senses are enhanced after a workout, mm-hmm. right? Especially if it's something you enjoy. And everything is just more pleasurable at that point. Hmm. Definitely beer. Okay. So you don't need drugs? You just got to work no. out and have a beer after. Like, no, hockey is like my drug. 
Right. You know, if I don't play hockey for a couple of weeks, I go stir crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm like that with surfing. Right. I become almost a different person. It's ugly. It's you bad. You get angry, like. Just scary. It's like, hey, Jody, you got to go surf. Like, why? Because you're being a jerk right now. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. What people yeah. told me. Like, when was the last time you surfed? Oh, am I being an ass? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So that's a thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. So people need to have their outlets. And it can't be food. Don't use food to make you less of a jerk. Well, you can eat. It's just what what you're eating. Like you got to stop the two scoops rice, one scoop mac salad. You got to stop the malasadas. You know, it it's affecting you in more ways than you realize, especially your emotional health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So where can people find you? So we are uh, located on Luliha Street, our physical practice. Um, the best way is to go to theketoprescription.com or hawaiigastrohealthsolutions.com. Um, you should come up with a shorter one. For I that. know. I know. We'll talk to Russell. Uh, Instagram at okay. the Keto Prescription. But I think the most content I have is on Facebook, Jody, J O D I, Nishida. Because I can do longer videos on there. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Jody. Thanks, Thank you Eel. so much for coming on and spreading your knowledge. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. All right. As always, Hawaii, stay happy.